0: Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Wednesday morning. And we're so glad you're with us as we are in March and looking for spring to come. So it's going to be a nicer week and kind of glad that we can start looking ahead. Daily savings time will change here soon. The sun will be out more. And uh, we're just one of my favorite times of the year. Throw off winter, get back into some warmth. Uh, and I'm glad you're with us this morning as we take a few minutes in the Word of God on this Wednesday morning. If you're following along with us in your Bible or tablet or something like that, I'm going to be in Psalm chapter 140 this morning. Uh, we are at Psalm 150 is so the last chapter in Psalm, so uh, we have just a few more days a few more episodes in the book of Psalms. And um, so I actually have not completely concluded where we're going to go after this, and so I'm still looking at doing some study and some prayer. So here soon we'll give you an idea of what our next study will be as soon as we're done uh, with the book of Psalms. Psalm 140, uh, we see David in this passage in a situation that, frankly, is not the first time we've seen David in this situation. Uh, The Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. One of the reasons we talk about his being willingness to take responsibility for to sin to confess be honest it wasn't he was not a sinner it was the opposite the other thing we see in the aspect uh, of David is David went through a lot of battles and in, in some cases uh, you know had a lot of struggles due to his own decisions he made some of them were even punishments from God but in some situations because where he stood where he was right he was God's man he went under a lot of battles Saul tried to take him down uh, his son tried to take him down other people you know as a king obviously that's going to happen and so we're gonna see a little bit of aspect in the background David's struggling he's got another enemy uh, who's trying to take him down and so he'll talk a little bit about how this enemy's trying to do it now obviously most of us would not be able to say on the level of a word David's describing today, uh, I have an enemy. Uh, we have we have some struggles, we might have some relationship issues, we might have people in the past that maybe we haven't reconciled or don't like us or whatever. I think the idea of saying we having an enemy. These enemies strive to kill David. I don't think most of us can say we have that. So what, what do we do when we look at passages like this, where the initial, uh, Ill, the initial interpretation doesn't necessarily fit the implication in my life? And what I initially say is there's always some level of implication we can look at. Just because we do not find ourselves in a similar scenario. You can't find yourself in a similar scenario you're not a king with other people trying to remove you from your throne Uh, obviously we can't find ourselves there so just like you're not Apostle Paul in prison so there's so many times when you look at Scripture you look at and say well I was never in that situation well no We're not going to be in those situations, but what we learn is, how did they respond? That's what we're looking at. How did they respond in these situations? That's what I'm pulling my principle from, is these people in those scenarios, what did they do? How did they respond? What can I learn from that? So let's look at the first, we're just gonna probably just do seven verses in Psalm 140 and evaluate some things, a couple thoughts we can learn from David in this situation. Verse one, deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. Which imagine mischiefs in their heart continually are they gathered? together for war. Now, let's give you a couple thoughts here. The first principle, the first thing we're really going to see is in verse 1, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. The first, I think, the thing we can look at is no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, our first reaction in many of these circumstances is to generate a way out of it. If it's financial, this, and please don't get me wrong, I think there are things we need to do first. If it's financial, am I doing everything possible I can to take care of my financial situation? Because, the I simply put this, if I'm not doing everything I can, can to take care of my financial situation, God, it will not intervene. He just won't. Uh, If I've got a battle in my home, in my marriage, in my home, and I'm not doing what I can, so as the husband, as the father, if I'm not making sure that i Admitted anything I've drawn wrong and I've pled for forgiveness and I've reconciled the circumstance. If I'm not doing what I can, admit how I was wrong in my home or how I treated other people, whatever it would be, if I'm not doing that, then no, God's not going to be part of my home. If I've created animosity towards other people and that's spread to my home, I'm, God's not going to be there. I can generate a religious scenario and I won't have God. Uh, we could talk about a bunch of them. If I have an unethical at work, I can't expect a promotion. You see my point, God has given us clarity in scripture what I should do. And when I do those things and I do it with humility, then I know God'll bless. You know, he resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. So that's how God works and and we generally we don't want to do that. So we create our own form of religion or talking or all this and it's all without God. So when we come to these battles, it, while we want God to intervene first we must do ourselves but then realize once I've done everything I can there is a point where I will come to a time in my life where there's nothing more I can do. That's actually a good place to be. I've done what I'm supposed to now I wait to see what God can do. One, it's purified me, it's brought me back to God, it's brought me where I need to be, and now what I can see is now I'm waiting for God to intercede. I'm right, I'm, pure, I'm, I'm right with God to the best of my knowledge, and now I can watch and see what God will do. That's kind of where he's at. Lord, he comes to him first. Then he describes the enemy. He describes the enemy in verse 2, which imagine mischief in their hearts. Catch this. Continually are they gathered together for war. They're just constantly looking for war. Now, we don't know if it's because they really want to accomplish something and every time they lose they come about a different way or they just love to cause grief we're not really sure but you know there's some situations one i'll tell you that the one implication we can get from this is simple no matter how many times you think you finally you've conquered something satan's going to come a different way the bible tells us in ephesians um we need to be aware of the wiles of the devil the wild simply means devices deceptions the multiple ways he's going to go if this way doesn't work he's going to come from an ankle, angle. He, he's never just going to stop and leave you alone. He's going to constantly come. And that's how he approaches it constantly. So verse 3, here's more of what they, the enemy's done. They've sharpened their tongue like a sh- uh, serpent. A dra- um, excuse me, they've sharpened. Adder's poison is under their lips. So simply what he's saying is, in the process of war, they use lies. They use lies. They get people to believe the lies about this person, which validates them. And, of course, the question always comes, well, why would they lie? Well, why would anybody lie? Uh, and frankly here's a simple answer if I'm lying that I'm controlling the narrative that's what most people think if I'm lying I'm telling people things they don't know I'm controlling the narrative and that's really what's happening here is they're trying to control the narrative to get people against David. So, verse four: Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked; preserve me from the violent man who have purpose to overthrow my going. So he just begs Lord for grace for protection. Verse five: The proud have hit a snare for me, and cords they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set against uh, from me. See this? So he simply says they've got all these different traps, and it's almost anything I do, I feel like I'm waiting to be in trap, which is very you know. It could have been just the way he perceived it. More than likely, it is a visual way of saying every. I feel like everywhere I go, I I don't know, you know, waiting for the enemy to strike in this area. Verse 6, I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God, hear the voice of my supplication, O Lord, O God, o God the Lord, the strength of my salvation, that was covered my head in the day of battle. So he comes and he says, I'm going to listen, I'm going to bring my supplication to God in verse 6. And then verse 7, he said, I'm going to trust in the salvation of of the Lord. I'm going to trust in him. He's done this. You're going to take care of it. So he brings this plea. He understands the need. He brings this plea, and then he takes us in the middle of this chapter, or in this thought here, I guess you would say from their perspective. probably wasn't a chapter when it was stated, but in the middle of his thought, he stops, and he just reassures himself that he is going to stand in God. He knows God there. He knows God's love, Him, and, and God is He's going to take care of him. So he, he reassures himself in the provision and blessing of God. Now, we won't read 8 on 13 because what we've got there, you can read it. Uh, it's basically David a list of what he hopes that God will do to his enemies. So please take care of our enemies. And, and, and many times God would. But in this situation, we see somebody in a circumstance outside his control. So the first thing he did is he brought it to God. But here's, he recognized the circumstance he was in. But you know, in the midst of how bad it is, then he trusted in God. Okay, I've come to God, number one. I've given what I need to God, number two. Now I need to trust God. If I've done, now please understand, if I've done what I can, if I have got everything right, and I would even come back, am I walking with God? Am I in church? Am I in obedience to God? I just, there are commands in Scripture about what we should do in the area of of, of Bible, the area of, of church and church attendance, things of that nature. We can't expect God to move, and we're not living in simple obedience to Him, and that's just the way it is. And frankly, a lot of things we see in the Christian life, I don't think God's always just punishing people who aren't doing doing what He's asking. I think a lot of occasions, we just lose blessing and we lose His help because we're not in obedience to Him. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So we want to be right with Him, but when we do that, let me encourage you, if you're there, and my guess is if you're watching, you probably desire to be there, or else why would you be watching this? So, in this case, here's my, here's my thought. Recognize the problem, give it to God, and then trust God. It's harder than it sounds. Trust God, which means giving it over and letting the peace of God rule in your heart, as Paul said in the book of Colossians. Letting God have his way in trusting. Do my part, trust him for the rest. And when we do that, then, then we can see what God can do. It's not as easy as it sounds. I think we would all would admit that. But most of us are going to find ourselves in circumstances where the only person we can go to is God. And in those cases, as we begin to see God work in ways, we cannot. Well, I hope that uh, it was encouragement today. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. I really hope it's a help. I know when I study these, they really are to me. It never start, ceases to amaze me how sections of scripture I've read myself probably a you know, hundred times or whatever throughout my life, um, when they need to be, they become real, and you look and say, hey, that, that's very practical. And many of what we've gone through in the Book of Psalms over the last couple, few weeks, couple months, have been true to that. I hope they've been to you as well. We have a few more days in Psalms and then we'll soon tell you where we're going to go next. Again, I appreciate the privilege you've given to me to be part of your day. Hope it's an encouragement. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.